0: What is going on? Happy Thanksgiving, Dog fans. We are back with another Apple Cup preview. Always joined by Luke Munger. Luke, what do you got going on this Thanksgiving?
1: You know, we're going to my aunt and uncles, uh, Aunt Jenna, Uncle Nick, my mom's youngest brother. 32 people at Thanksgiving this year. Pretty exciting stuff. Got the in-laws coming up for the first time. There you go. Uh, So... Yeah, like, they're from Tacoma, so they literally got the call up from Triple A Tacoma. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so excited about making,
0: that. The, making the big move. Up today. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I got myself
0: yeah. a little turkey bowl. Yeah,
1: you know, uh, turkey. how about yourself? Yeah, what, what's what's your plan today?
0: Yeah, so I got a little turkey bowl coming up in about an hour and a half, two hours. Then mm-hmm. going up, to, going up to Fed Zizzle Federal Way, and uh, oh, yeah. hanging out with some family friends for a little. Should be a good one. They got some good food up there, so hopefully I don't end up in a food coma by the end of the night. But May happen, may happen, we'll see. So we got a little treat for you guys today. Uh, I'm a senior currently at UW, if you guys didn't know, which means that I have to pass the torch on down to the next intern. So without further ado, we have our new intern for dogman.com, Matthew, Gus, Fredrickson. How are we doing today, man? Oh, we're doing awesome. Ready for a big game tomorrow. Yeah, so Gus is a big Mariners guy, big dogs guy, expect big things. He's a hard worker. But nevertheless, we'll get into this Apple Cup preview um, Friday, 5 p.m. kickoff. Uh, the bowl eligible now, six and five Cougs coming to town to take on the non-bowl eligible four four and four and seven Washington Huskies. So I'll start out with the offense as per usual. Um, Jaden Delora, he's the guy taking who took over this offense last year during the COVID season. Had a pretty solid year in 2020 from St. Louis high school, Hawaii, one of the more powerhouse high schools. um, I feel like almost across the country, you know, St. Louis is so dominant down there on the islands. Um, This season, he's done for over 2,500 yards, 23 touchdowns. He's one of the, I would say essentially one of the better quarterbacks in the PAC 12, especially with how much, you know, Washington state throws the ball. He's pretty effective, really efficient. Um, He's got great touch on his ball. Uh, Knows Knows where to put it. Goes through his progressions really well. The Cougars, they are one of the more pass-happy offenses in the Pac-12 for sure. They aren't like UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona State. Those teams Washington has had trouble with in the sense of Washington has struggled against those bigger, bruising backs, teams that like to just run the ball straight at you. Washington State doesn't do that. Uh, They do run the ball more than they throw the ball at 55-45 ratio. But it's not like anything we've seen uh, this season so far. They, I feel like Washington hasn't faced a true passing offense. You know, you look at Michigan. You know, all, all the teams I mentioned—they're they're different than that. They are big up front. They got some big guys up front. Uh, all of them are tipping the scales at or just over three hundred pounds. Their tackles have size. Abraham Lucas at the right tackle position—he's a guy who's going to be for sure playing on Sundays he's he'll get his name called for sure in the draft. Then you go on the other side and you got Liam Ryan. He's also a bigger dude, he's real good, real steady. Both of them are seniors so they have experience. They're going to be looking for some vengeance here in the Apple Cup. Haven't won one yet. Um, you know, I guess a lot of Cougars haven't won one yet, you know. Peyton Bloor was here 6 years and was unable to win. Um, but you know, they're going to be looking to win one this year. Kind of like I said Washington State does have a bigger offensive line and I think they got to try and use their offensive line if they want to win this game and run the ball. They got a dynamic duo of Max Borgie, Dion McIntosh back there. Both seniors, both also haven't won an Apple Cup. Um Borgie you know, he he came into the game in 2019 saying he was gonna it was it was the Borgie show, you know. He was gonna score, score, score. And he's been doing that this year. He, you know, surprisingly, one of the things that they don't do with Borgie, they've only gotten the ball done fourteen times out of the backfield in the air this season alone, which is pretty wild when you think about it just how you know how much in the Mike Leach era that they love to get their backs out in the you know in the flat giving the ball in space and that's where Borgie was really effective especially in 2018 you know I'm thinking of a couple of plays especially on those first couple drives where they got him out did a little swing past him and he made a couple guys miss to go for the 10 15 yard gains they haven't been doing that at all really this year and I think if Washington State Wants to get some good consistent offensive drives going. They got to be able to do that. They got to be able to get the ball out of them in the air, not just on the ground. Uh, that they, they also want to win. I think Washington State has to run the ball sixty percent of the time, at least minimum, if they ha- if they want to win this game. I just think Washington's secondary is too strong. You know, McDuffie and McDouard. The more you throw them, I think you're just waiting for a big play to happen from from them back there. Uh, which leads me to their wide receivers, Washington State. You know, they have. Obviously, each year, it seems like they have a couple guys who uh, make some plays, are able to do some stuff. This year, their two big guys are Calvin Jackson Jr. and Terrell Harris. Uh, Harris is the guy who's gotten more of the touches. He leads the team in receptions and receiving yards and touchdowns. 68 receptions for, 70, for 778 yards and nine touchdowns. So Harris is the guy, you know, when you think of who they're going to look to the most in those crossing routes underneath. It's going to be Harris. He's going to be the guy who's going to be getting those ball balls. But, you know, the real difference maker is Jackson. He is averaging over 15 yards per reception, so he's one of the best big play guys in the Pac-12 this season. So Washington State, you know, if they're looking to make a big play. They're going to go to him. Uh, I think other than that, they'll be getting these chunk yards from Harris, from Borgie, from McIntosh. They're going to stay – you know they're gonna get those five six yards, and you can't let that happen. Um, and if you keep letting that happen, the bit the more of a shot Jackson's gonna to have to burn you deep because Washington's gonna have no choice but to load the box, you know, um, as well as get, as well as you know get right in that five six yard window um, ahead of line of scrimmage. So Washington cannot allow Jackson to beat them deep. They can't allow those big plays. Other than them, they got Deshaun Stribling. He's a freshman, and Renard Bell. He's been there for a while too. The Struggling has really picked up steam these last couple of games. He's got four touchdowns on the season. He's had a pretty good impact uh, in the second half of the season. So don't be surprised to see him make a couple big plays. Although he does have a tough challenge going up against, you know, like we mentioned, McDuffie, Gordon, and Bookie, Radley, Hiles. Tough, tough task for him. But nevertheless, Washington State's offense loves to put up points. They do so averaging over thirty a game. You know, they're, they're a team that doesn't doesn't make too many mistakes. Um, Delore though, has nine interceptions on the year. But as far as consistency goes for this offense, they're real efficient. And they'll they they they'll get down and make you pay. Awesome. Yeah,
1: thanks for that explanation. <clears throat> so, obviously, you mentioned the Cougar receiving core. Always has a few guys each year that kind of emerge. Um, this year, like you said, Calvin Jackson. Tell me a little bit, I guess, about – like how I guess the run and shoot maybe differs a little bit from what we saw in Mike Leach's offense, this new system, they get more yardage through the air. It seems like obviously the air raid, it was a lot of six, seven, eight yard completions. Is Jaden taking more shots? Does Calvin Jackson make guys miss? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, what a does lot it look of
0: like? yeah, you know, it's different, you know, kind of like I said with Borgie, you know, you look at the air raid, they're looking at guys, they're, They're tossing the ball out of the backfield, getting the running backs in space and throwing to them a ton. Kind of like I said, they're not doing that at all this year, like at all. And so they're going directly vertical, essentially. Not necessarily taking those deep shots, but they will look, you know, I would say their sweet spot is that 7 to 12 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, They go there quite often, you know. Delora isn't a guy who possesses that natural arm strength, so I don't think Washington should be too worried about him beating him with his arm. Essentially, getting over the top and behind the safeties. I don't think that he's that kind of quarterback. But you look at between the cornerbacks and between the safeties. That's really where Delora likes to hit you. And that's that's where he's real effective. He Has good bullseyes there. Throws darts um, when he does that. Like I said, he's got great touch. So you can't let any space be held between those positions. You know, you want if you're gonna you want Delora to hit you in front of the cornerbacks, and you want to try and beat him with your arm behind the safety. So I want the safeties like ace a turn. I want them playing up essentially where there's less room. So there's less room for Delora to fit those windows. I want them trying to beat you over the top and let our athletes go make plays.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing you mentioned, surprisingly, Max Borgie, only 14 receptions this year. Obviously, offensive change kind of explains some of that. Uh, But just under 14 touches per game for Max Borgie. He was hurt last year. Has he been healthy all year? Is Deion McIntosh's, I guess, kind of emergence, does that explain away some of the yeah,
0: touches that you'd expect Max Borgie to get? Yeah, Matt, McIntosh is a great change of pace back. You know, he's averaging over five yards a carry on the ground. Um, and he's, a, he's more bigger and physical than Max Borgie is. not Borgie's more of that slasher who kind of beat you with his um, shiftiness and agility. Which are the backs that Washington, surprisingly, does really well with. You know, he looked at Jack Broussard last week in Colorado. He's kind of a similar similar feel to Borgie as opposed to the B.J. Baylor, Deion McIntosh feel, or Zach Charbonnet, mm-hmm. Rashad White. That, that's kind of what we're seeing with McIntosh. So McIntosh, to me, scares me a little bit more than Borgie. But I think they're going to utilize Morgie, Borgie more just because of the pure talent that he has. Mm-hmm. But for Washington, you know, on the ground, they really got to be able to hold the edge this week and be able to have those linebackers come up and make plays. You know, last week and the week before prior, Jack Sermon, Carson Bruner, they had opportunities to make plays in the backfield and just couldn't wrap up, couldn't make those tackles for losses. And th- that week, this this week, that is so crucial. Getting, if you're able to get Washington State in these third and long positions, second and long, third and long positions, they're going to have a tough time moving the ball on you. So, Getting Washington State in those positions is really critical, and especially getting those first, second down run stops where you can, hey, limit them to two, three yards of carry every now and then. That's what you're going to need from Washington's defense.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and then the the Cougs along the way have had – I don't know if some clunkers is the right way to describe it, but like losses to Utah State at home, for example, a blowout against uh, USC where they were on the the bad end of that – they lost to BYU and then Oregon as well. Is there a common thread in like what teams have been able to do? I guess to slow down the Cougs.
0: Yeah, you know, you look at. I don't think there is a common trend of what the Cougs, what the cute, you know, how to beat the Cougs essentially. Because you look at USC and you look at Oregon, two completely different offenses. Oregon loves to run the ball, go run right out you. And USC, you know, obviously they run, they ran that air raid. You know, they'll throw it around, give it to their playmakers. But I think Washington ultimately. The run game hasn't been there this year. Um, And I guess if you're looking at it from a Washington offensive perspective, um, Washington State offensive perspective, you gotta, I think you gotta make the Laura, for Washington at least, throw the ball at McDuffie and at Gordon, let them go make plays. um, Because ultimately, Washington's run defense has just not been stellar. And, you know, last week we saw some great improvement with that. And I think if you're able to do what we did last week without completely shooting yourself in the foot mm-hmm. and you know sending like dropping a bomb on your head, then Washington should be, you should be feeling pretty confident. Even though it's a loss last week, I think Washington fans should be feeling a lot more confident with what we saw last week compared to weeks prior.
1: Absolutely, uh, cool. So I'll go ahead and dive into some defense here. For so the Cougs, pretty statistically middle of the pack. Uh, in terms of, I guess, scoring and total defense for the conference this year. Uh, Jake Dickert, who is the interim head coach, has been the defensive coordinator also for the Cougs since 2020. Um, and honestly, th- this Coug defense is pretty similar to Coug defenses we've seen, I think, over this winning streak that the Huskies have had, the seven-game win streak. Uh, starting up front, I mean, the Cougs are just not very big up front. Uh, their defensive line Hasn't been particularly effective. They allow 4.8 yards per carry. I'm talking about interior defensive line here, by the way. Their edge defenders are pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, in the middle, I was on PFF this morning, saw that there isn't an interior defensive lineman that ranks in the top 25 in the Pac-12 of players that have enough snaps to qualify. So there's that. Christian Mejia and Antonio Pule are the two starters. Um Yeah. And then together, they average about 280 pounds on the defensive line. Um, So Washington, as they have in years in the past, should have a size advantage in the trenches. Uh, But if you go to the edges, uh, Brennan Jackson and Ron Stone are the starters. Ron Stone is a real difference maker for the Cougs. Uh, He's a name that I guess jumps out to me. Ten and a half tackles for loss, five sacks this year. Uh, Obviously not the playmaker that Hercules Mata'afa was for the Cougs, but in the similar mold, right? If you're talking about the same Coug defense, small along the front, this guy's not particularly large for a defensive end as well, 6'3", 240 pounds, but he's quick, can get penetration, kind of a gambler, if you know what I mean. Like he'll kind of guess on a gap and when he's right, it'll be a loss of four, sometimes can lose contain. Uh, when he is wrong, Uh, but he's definitely a difference maker to keep an eye on. Uh, And they're about five guys deep total on the edge. So they rotate a bunch of different guys. An example, Willie Taylor is like a pass rushing specialist. That's a redshirt senior for the Cougs. uh, That is just another guy they have in their arsenal. I'd say that's the strongest group for the Cougs uh, off the edge. So Washington, I think, you know, it's something they've tried all year, but I think something that they'll need to be able to do is run the ball effectively between the tackles try to get things going with cam Davis, uh, Sean McGrew, if he's healthy, obviously he missed last week. Uh, moving down to the second level, you have Jihad woods and justice Rogers Mm -hmm. entering what feels like their 30th year at WSU. Uh, they've combined for over a hundred games for the Cougs in the middle. Jihad woods has started basically since 2017. Uh, Jihad woods and justice Rogers I'd say are, are pretty solid. Uh, uh, again, they're solid, but the defense as a whole is allowing nearly five yards per carry. Um, so that's just another thing to keep in mind. And then he moved to the secondary. The secondary, there are some injuries that might limit, uh, I guess, their depth here. So Daniel Isom, senior safety, uh, and then backup corner Chow Smith-Wade are both pretty doubtful. Uh, I saw on Twitter, according to a reporter from the Spokesman Review, Um, So Chow Smith-Wade is a corner, he's a depth corner, but he does play about 20 snaps a game. So his loss will be felt. Chris Jackson and Caleb Ford, Dement, would be the next two kind of corners that would come in, uh, maybe to spell one of the starters, or if they were to go to more of like a dime look, Uh, whereas Daniel Ison will be replaced by Tyrone Hill Jr., uh, another grad transfer student uh, who comes from Buffalo. Uh the Kook secondary is solid. Jalen Watson is a big corner, 6'3, 204 pounds. He has two picks and four fumble recoveries. So he's a ball hawk. Uh he's definitely a, a playmaker in the secondary, but I think the real name to watch out for is Armani Marsh or Armani Marsh. He's their nickel. Um yeah, he also has four tackles for loss. Uh, I believe a sack, or I believe a pick as well, if not two. Sorry, I'm blanking on that one. Uh, but he he's a real difference maker at the nickel spot you can come up and make plays in the box uh, but he's also very effective in coverage uh yeah and then I guess George Hicks and Derek Langford round out that Coug secondary uh so yeah again similar to what you've seen in the past there's some difference makers in the secondary and off the edge they're pretty small in the middle uh, and more physical teams can run the
0: ball effectively against the Cougs awesome thank you for that you know kind of going back real quick to Daniel Isom how big of a loss will it be you know you already mentioned uh chow but how big of a loss will it be if Isom is unable to go which it looks doubtful right now um that he will be able to go how big of a loss and how much will washington need to utilize the receivers in the passing game if he's not good to go
1: yeah you know I, i do think it is a substantial loss tyrone hill uh, has been solid in the time that he's received, but he is also keep in mind in his first year with the program as a grad transfer from Buffalo and hasn't gotten extensive play because Daniel Isom has been available essentially up until this year or up until last week against Arizona uh, he or Hill did play a good game against Arizona. Uh, I saw on dot that I think he, he ranked third on the Cougs and PFF player grade after the game. Uh, however, Isom is just a much more experienced player. Uh, I believe that the Huskies will look to kind of exploit the middle of the field as they were able to do against Colorado, really move the ball effectively. Devin Culp was very involved in the passing game. Uh, the Huskies were able to move the ball effectively kind of on intermediate passes on third and medium. Uh, I think the Huskies will look to do that. Hopefully they won't have a ton of third and mediums. But if they do, then that's what they'll be looking
0: for sure, certainly. So, you know, you mentioned at the right at the beginning there, Washington State, once again, a pretty tiny defensive line, um, pretty small. Do you think Washington will have its way offen- with its offensive line in the sense in the trenches? You know, obviously the group hasn't performed not nearly close to expectations this year, but do you think Washington will be able to take advantage once again of a smaller Washington State defensive line, which could open it up the run game?
1: Yeah, I'd say they can. I don't know if they necessarily will for sure, uh, but they are the bigger group. I think if the Huskies – like, I don't know. In the past, the Huskies have had three or four yards when they've won it against the Cougs. I mean, I remember in the 2017 Apple Cup, pouring rain at home, Jake Browning scored on a first and goal QB sneak from like the three-yard line, right? So but we've seen that sort of stuff happen in the past. I think the Huskies are obviously the bigger team and and that's just indisputable. Like if you just look at numbers, right? So whether or not they're able to rise to the occasion, we will see. I think if the Husky offensive line plays to the best of their ability, they should be able to move the line of scrimmage up front and uh, pave the way for some, some pretty gritty, uh, I
0: don't know, four or five yard runs for Cam Davis and company. All right, before we get on to Matt's three keys, one last question. Are we seeing Dylan Morris or are we seeing and Sammy?
1: Gosh, that's the million-dollar question. Um, You know, I think, honestly, if I had to – this is with zero intel. Let everybody on Dogman know that. I have no intel. If I had to bet – like if I had to empty my savings account and bet – on one of the two I'd bet on Dylan Morris starting. I
0: do think we'll see both though, for sure. I think for sure we see both at least. I say, I say we see minimum three drives of would.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I would bet that Dylan plays more drives
0: though. That yeah. I'll say.
1: So um, that again, zero Intel. So like, don't go believing me. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Is what I'll say.
0: All right. All right now, moving on to the new interns, a new reign. Um, Matt, what are your three keys for the game? All right. We got three
2: three keys for the dogs to keep the Apple Cup in Seattle. Number one, keep the defense fresh. Mm -hmm. The Husky offense needs to carry over the success we saw last week against Colorado and sustain long drives in order to keep our defense, particularly our secondary, fresh for a full 60 minutes against a pass-heavy team. Key number two. Hold on tight and don't be stupid. All running backs, Dylan Morris, and other quarterbacks need to treat the football like it's gold. Husky running backs and quarterbacks need to hold on to the football. The Wazoo defense, although they're small, they lead the Pac-12 in forced fumbles with 21 this year. 10 more than second place Oregon Ducks with 11. Dylan Morris and other Husky QBs also can't try to be a hero and force the football into tight spots, risking interceptions. And last but not least, our third and final key for the Dogs to win, spread the ball around. The long drives we saw against Colorado happened frequently, because of how successful we were on third down, 14 for 21 successfully converting those, and the tight ends were a big part of it, with Devin Culp having a great game, with five receptions for 83 yards, and Jack Westover adding in a fair 33 more yards so if and also UW we had we had three wide receivers last week with over 50 yards receiving which kept our offense going and kept them not focused on one guy and so if we keep getting the ball to many tight ends throwing to many wide receivers and limit turnovers I think we'll put up quite a few more points than we did against Colorado and we should be in for a
0: good game most definitely certainly there you know, you mentioned that last one spread the ball around. Is there a playmaker, I guess you like this week to kind of take over? You know, it's it seems like it's been hit and miss this year with who we're going to see pop out and who won't. Is there a guy you like to see taking that you think could take that big role this week and have a
2: good game? I have a gut feeling that JMac, Jalen McMillan is going to go off this week. I love that. I love the prediction. We got J-Mac
1: going off in the field and we have J-Mac going off on this pod as well. Jack McCauley. Um Yeah. So then also, um, I don't know. You mentioned obviously treating the football like it's gold. The Cougs. Yeah. Staggering number, number of fumbled recoveries or forced fumbles. Jalen Watson has four himself that he's recovered. Um, I guess. So what's the mix here? I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, Do you picture the Huskies keeping it on the ground? Like, how are the Huskies going to, like, if you're scripting the opener, what's the opening play for the Dogs on Saturday?
2: Dang. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I honestly think we got to go after the tight ends, like, first, because I think that they, they know that our run game hasn't been too spot on, but we, and we definitely need to step it up this week. And I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this Husky offense handles this Cougar team, like, especially with, like, the, with like get constantly did getting the ball out quick to our tight ends last week. And that's a different approach, but we hadn't seen too much. Like, I think they are definitely going to like some elements of what we saw last week. So I'm, I, but I do think we definitely need our run game in order to win. Awesome.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for the keys there. So we'll each do our confidence interval. Jack, do you want to kick us off in terms of confidence for this game?
0: Yeah, man, I've been really teetering on this one, um, for quite some time, but, um, I'm going to go with a two. No, I'm just kidding. Not a two. <laughs> One eight straight. I can't be that low. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, a six. You know, I just think schematically Washington has such a big advantage in the sense of personnel. You know, Washington State likes to throw the ball around. It's just a different team than what we've seen these last couple weeks, you know, essentially. I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to keep hitting this. Nail until it's firmly in the ground. UCLA, Oregon State, Michigan, um, Arizona State, all those teams, Oregon, are all so different than Washington State. Like they are the complete opposite of the spectrum. They are the teams we had struggled, with, we struggled against because they were big, physical, and they ran down our throats. They had, you know, a couple of them had dual threat quarterbacks, quarterbacks that they could use with their legs. Delora isn't the best with his legs. They also don't pound the ball right at you and right down your throat. They like to go off the tackles. They like to throw the ball a lot more than other teams. They're more creative in that sense and I like that for us personally. I like McDow- I like take I like betting on our secondary. I like betting on our secondary and what we have to offer there. And I expect a bet like a a good game this week from Washington's defense. They played well against Colorado last week. I like them to build off this. Then offensively, I don't expect us to shoot themselves in the foot as much. So I think it's going to be a closer game, obviously a close game. Washington plays every team close as well as do the Cougs for the most part. I think it's going to be a close game, but I I, I like Washington having the edge here. I like being a little more confident just because of the personnel we have the last eight years, you know, this game meeting a lot. I just have that gut feeling, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to ride with the dogs in the Apple Cup until they prove me wrong. Got it. Yeah,
1: I think I'm going to follow up on year six – and raise you just a little bit to a seven. Um, I said it in my prediction, but I'll believe that the streak can be ended when I see it. Until then, I'm going to pick the dogs. Um, like you said, there's only one team that I can think of that the Huskies have played that really throw the ball a lot this season, and it's Arkansas State. Obviously, completely different, like talent conversation than the Cougs, but that played well into the hands of the Husky secondary. Uh, Husky secondary second in the country in uh, lowest quarterback rating when passing against the Husky defense, obviously the best passing defense in terms of yards per game in the country as well. So I just, I like that matchup for the dogs. Um, Yeah. And then I think this is dumb, maybe crazy fan takes here, but I like that, you know, this is the last thing that the Huskies have to play for in 2021. There's a lot of uncertainty around the program right now I think there's it could go a long way in not satisfying but you know maybe giving the huskies a glimmer of hope heading into 2022 they have the coaching carousel that they're hopping on right now as well but if they can you know send their rival packing at home to end this 21 or 2021 season at I think that'll be a nice thing for the huskies to it'll be a nice little holiday season gift from the Washington Huskies so yeah I'm gonna go seven confidence interval I think the Huskies win at home
2: now let's go to Matt I I re- I was I was tempted to go of a six I mean I like what Luke had to say about the the streak ending when you see it and like I I gotta go right in dead spot in the middle go of a 6.5 <laughs> I I definitely like her I like her size advantage I I like some, I definitely do agree. Like, I like our personnel. And, but I definitely am like, we're definitely like seeing our, how lackluster our rushing offense was last week, knowing that might, might need to be something we might need to depend on a little bit. Like, I'm just a little bit, I, we just haven't seen any sort of consistency. And when no team's consistent, it's hard to bet on them like a lot, like hard to be super confident. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah.
0: Before I mean- we end it though. This is probably our last football re- anything football related for quite some time. Obviously, with the changes going on. I'm putting you guys each on the spot. Who who's going to be the next head coach of Washington? You give get one name. Deboer, dang it! Oh, I was going to say
1: Caitlin Deboer. Deboer, you do know, I have to I, pick another one? <laughs>
0: or, well, like, do we need to say a
1: different one? Because Deboer was
0: going to be one that I picked as well. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking DeBoer, I, I was thinking Deborah as well. I, it was kind of a 50-50 coin toss between DeBoer and Aranda. Um, so I guess I'll say, I I'll guess I'll be different and go Aranda. since
2: Aranda's working on an extension at a report said this
0: morning. Well, never mind then. Um, That's what we call, a, that could be just be negotiation leverage too, you know? be negotiation <laughs> leverage. Um, yeah, then I'm saying Debor. DeBoer.
1: Um, well, awesome. Well, thanks for putting us on the spot one time. Like you said, last football game of the season. No better place to get coverage than dogman.com uh, and then Husky Hoops for the rest of this winter as well. Um, Matt, we're excited to have you on board and we're excited for the 113th edition of the Apple Cup. Until then, thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and go,
2: dogs. <laughs>